This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Hallelujah. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom power. Love our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom power. Love our God is an awesome God. Father, we say thank you. You are faithful. You are faithful. You know, I really, I uh, was encouraged even just hearing Pastor Chris remind me of that, that word about them all being healed. I was in um, L.A. Um, I think, Jess, you might have been with me. I can't remember. Where um, I was coming out of a conference and... Oh, no, I think it was Pastor Tony and, and Pastor uh, Tom Wilson from the At- Atlanta were with me in L.A. And we came out of the conference. And through the meeting, I'd been thinking to myself ab- about what the Lord was doing. Last year, um, Sid Roth aired an episode uh, where we did an interview and lots of testimonies of healing. And, and when I went uh, to the U.S. on my last trip, People were flying 12 hours to come to the meetings. They would uh, come from all over, desperate to be healed. And we saw amazing miracles, incredible things that the Lord did. And, uh, but as I was looking at these people who were making such a big effort to get to the meetings, my heart was saying, God, God, I want to see them all healed. And in the meeting uh, that night, I was just crying out to God saying, Lord, it is not too much to ask that they all be healed. That is not too much to ask because that's what happened when you were on the earth and you said, greater works than these shall they do. You know, he didn't heal every sick person that was on the planet. He healed everyone who came to him for help. Everyone who came to Jesus was healed. And so I just started saying, God, it is not too much to ask. And as I walked outside, we had to walk to the car and about to get in the car and this guy comes up to me, um, walking two large dogs in L.A. late at night in the car park, comes straight up to me and says, pick a number between 1 and 21 or 1 and 22. And I went, uh, hi, what's your name? And I think he said his name was Michael. And he said, um, Pick a number between 1 and 21. I went, 1 and 22. And I said, I can't remember what I said. I I picked a number. He says, I've got a scripture verse for you. And he opens his Bible. And this is the verse that he reads. And he healed them all. Closes his Bible and goes. Didn't talk to anybody else. And you know what? Either someone was setting an assignment by God or maybe I just had an encounter with an angel. But whatever the case, the Lord was speaking. And, you know, I believe that he wants us not to settle for a few people healed. God wants us to contend for our inheritance 
which is to see greater works than he did. Hallelujah. Which is to, to do the things that he did and greater because that's who we are in him. It's no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. It's not an echo of Christ. It's not a, a shadow of who he was. In fact, he said, we're going to go from glory to glory and greater works than these shall they do. Hallelujah. But somehow in our human thinking, we try to interpret that as, you know, maybe an echo or a shadow of Jesus or a little bit of Jesus. I've got a piece of Jesus. No, it's no longer you who lives when you've been born again, but Christ, not a piece of Christ or an echo of Christ or a bit of Christ or the essence of Christ. It's God himself is now living in you. Hallelujah. And so the heart of the Father is that you would wake up and as he prays in, as Paul prays in Ephesians chapter one, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened in the knowledge of him. Because if you have an understanding of who he is, you'll know the hope of your calling. Understanding who he is allows you to recognize who you are because your identity, as the song said tonight, is as he is, so am I in this world. The more you have revelation about who he is, the more you have revelation about who you are. Hooray. And as we see him, we recognize that's what I'm like. Hallelujah. We're transformed into that same image as we behold him. As, we, as our minds are renewed in the truth, that's right. I'm not some weak, frail human being. It's not, I reckon myself dead today. No longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So God, what does life look like with that being the reality? Hallelujah. You see, it's only deception that will hold you back. If you will give yourself, like Pastor Chris was saying, this is not a season to, to mess about. This is a season to go fully, wholeheartedly after him, leaving behind those things that would hinder or distract, because I tell you, the invitation into divine acceleration right now is extraordinary. It's glorious. And he's waiting for people to respond. Amen. Hooray. That's just happy news. You can be happy. Smile. God loves you. So understanding that, I, I want to start a new um, series tonight. Never know how long these things can go, but... I thought we might talk about the Holy Spirit. And what it means to partner with the Holy Spirit. How to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. How to have fellowship with him and what that looks like. You know, so, so who is the Holy Spirit? We've had a few Jewish uh, brothers and sisters getting saved recently. We've had a Muslim uh, brothers and sisters coming to Christ. And, and uh, very often the question of how can there be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit comes up. You see, Christianity is a monotheistic religion, which is we believe in one God, one God. But he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in one. He is the, he is the Trinity. He is the family of God, just as Jesudian shared earlier, uh, shared last year so beautifully, the picture of the family of God, God himself. And I want to show you a few scriptures just so that we can understand who God is. Hallelujah. In the uh, very beginning, we'll start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. 
Hallelujah. We don't begin with ABC or do me. We begin with Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So Holy Spirit is introduced right at the beginning. Here he is. Holy Spirit isn't something that happened uh, in the New Testament. He always was because he is God, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. Um, we can read then in, in verse 26, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. When God created us, when he created Adam, I like uh, Chris Vallotton's book, actually, uh, Fashioned Terrain. It's an excellent book. He talks about God created Adam. And then when Adam was put to sleep and God took out of his side and created Eve, he took the feminine part out of Adam, so guys, you no longer have a feminine side. He took the feminine side out, female. And he said he's created, he created Adam, he created us, male and female in his image. He is, God is everything. He is, he is the family of God. All the glorious attributes we see, the good things in humans, are the picture of who God is. Hallelujah. He created us in his image and he took, uh, he took the female part out of Adam, male and female, he created them. But what I like about this is he said, let us, right in the beginning there, let us, in that God was explaining to us in our finite minds that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, just as we are body, soul, and spirit, created us in his image. Um, in John chapter 1, verse 1, you can have a look there if you want to. Hallelujah. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, which is a bit confusing for people. Like he was the Word, he was in the beginning, and he was with God. So it's explaining the Trinity. All, all things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Hallelujah. Again, it's just a picture of the fact that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God, the family of God, there, the, trim, the Holy Trinity, God himself, this one God in three persons, was existent from, was, has, has never been created. He is God who was there from before time began. Hallelujah. I've heard it explained before that um, the Trinity is a little bit like trying to explain time. You have the past, the present, and the future. They're all three distinct things, yet it is all time. And in the same way, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and the scripture makes clear reference to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He was um, 
you know, go and baptize them, Jesus said, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. In that Jesus was clear. He would say things like, um, in, uh, let's have a look. He'd say things like, go and, um, go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says, it's better that I go away because the Spirit will come. Hallelujah. So the Father is looking for us to understand who he is. Mark chapter 12, verse 36 says this, For David himself said by the Holy Spirit, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. So here's God referencing the fact he's talking about his son. The Lord said to my, my Lord, sit here at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Jesus Christ is Lord. He was the word in the beginning was the word. Nothing was created that wasn't created by him. And so he is intimately connected to the father. And God the father is, is somebody that many people can relate to when they pray. Our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. I find it very easy to relate to, to Papa God. You know, the, the Bible says actually that the Holy Spirit empowers us to cry out, Abba, Father, which is Daddy God, Galatians 4, 6. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Hallelujah. The, the Father has sent the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, he's crying out in us and helping us understand that we've been connected to the Godhead. We are now part of the family and our, the, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the son lives in us and cries out, Abba, Papa, Daddy God. And, you know, I, I relate to the father uh, in, in that ever since I was a little girl, my mom and dad, uh, were divorced when I was about four, and I have a wonderful father. I didn't get to see very much of him. He's not saved yet, but he's so beautiful. He loves poetry. He's a doctor. He's intelligent. He loves a, a good philosophical debate, and, and because I didn't see him very much, I'd imagine how wonderful he was, and, uh, and when I did get to see him, I only got to see the bouts that I wanted to see, and he is a, he's a lovely man, a good, good man, who I look up to and absolutely adore. But you know, my heavenly father filled the desperate need in my heart that I had for a father. And even if you had a father that was with you all the time, that was wonderful, he cannot meet the need that you have in your heart for the perfect father. There is no man on the earth that can fill the need you have in your heart for oh, Father God. This Father God who doesn't sleep, doesn't slumber, 24-7, he is there. He is safe. He is wise. He is always reliable, always faithful. He will never, ever, ever let you down. He will never do anything to disappoint you. He will never ever fail. Hallelujah. Our father, our heavenly daddy, Abba, Papa. I often find in my tongues, I cry out, Papa. Because the spirit of God in me is helping me recognize, hey, 
You're accepted in the beloved. You're accepted in the family of God. Hallelujah. You can say, Papa. And you can come boldly before the throne of grace. You can run. You can, you can come into his presence. And you don't have to be afraid of him because he has made the way for you to be absolutely connected, not at a distance. Sin no longer separates you because he came and sent his son so that we could be connected to the family of God that we could boldly be with him. And this Papa, this Daddy God, Abba, Abba in, in the Greek is actually meaning uh, Papa, the most intimate form of uh, communication that you could have with a father. This, this is not an authoritarian up in the sky that, that Jesus has to try and say, please don't be angry with them. That's not who the Father is. Father God, oh, he is, you know, I look up to my father when something goes wrong, I give him a call. And, you know, if anything um, happens to the children or something goes on, he's always there. And I always can trust him that, you know, as a doctor, he knows what to do. And he's, you know, I, he's respected. But my heavenly father, I can go to him anytime and ask him all the time, talk to him all the time. And he is faithfully always there as someone that has my absolute respect, my absolute worship, somebody I look up to and love and worship, but who is also everything I could want in a father. If you feel like you've had, you've been let down by fathers in your life, then I've got great news for you. There is a perfect father. I feel so spoiled by the fact that I have this incredibly perfect, wonderful daddy God. I'm daddy's little girl. He looks after me. I'm favored by my father. I feel so special because I'm God's daughter. And my heart's prayer is that every one of you would have a relationship with father God. That's like, mm, talk to my father. Hallelujah knowing that you are loved, that you are accepted. And this is Father God. And then we know about Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeshua. Jesus, the Messiah. And Jesus is God. The Father is God. God. One God. Father God. And he has the son in that the son is part in, a part of who the father is, but he came and he became a man and walked the earth and didn't sin. Hallelujah. So that he could be the perfect sacrifice, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. Sin separates us from God. The Bible says, what fellowship does light have with darkness? The answer is none. So without the son, without Jesus coming and laying down his life and becoming sin for us, being punished in our place, crucified in our place, we could have no fellowship with God. But because God loves us so much, he came as the son and gave his life so that we no longer would have to be distanced from, from the Trinity. We'd no longer be having to stand at a distance, but that we could come in close, that we could be part of the family of God. Hallelujah. And, you know, we've done many studies on Hebrews and different books where it's so powerful, the truth of how much more wonderful the blood of Jesus is than the blood of bulls and goats. 
the blood of Abel when Abel was killed by his brother Cain um, was, was crying out justice for what happened. But the blood of Jesus, it says in the book of Hebrews, is greater than that of the blood of Abel because the blood of Jesus cries out forgiveness. Hallelujah. And the blood of Jesus not only takes away our sin, not only are we forgiven for what we've done, the Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And that, that means different things. He was wounded for our transgressions means that he was wounded for our sins. So that we, he took punishment for our sins so we don't have to be punished for what we did. We don't have to beat ourselves up. Hooray. You don't have to put yourself in the naughty corner when you sin. You can say, thank you, God. As I confess my sin, you are faithful and just. Forgive me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. I bring what I'm doing to you. And I said, thank you that you give me power now to be different. Hallelujah. And you forgive me. I don't have to pay the penalty for that. You forgive me for that. But he says it was bru- he was bruised for our iniquities. And iniquities in the Hebrew means our crookedness. He was bruised for our crooked nature. So not only are we forgiven for our sin, we are actually made into brand new creations. Everyone born of Adam, that is all humans, had a sin nature. But those that have been born again of the second, the last Adam, Jesus Christ, when his side was pierced and blood and water flowed, just as when Adam's side was opened and God brought out Eve, when Jesus was pierced and his blood flowed out of his death, has come the bride of Christ, a new creation whose iniquities, whose crooked nature has been completely taken away. Hooray. So he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. We become new creations in Christ. Hooray. Good news. Yes. Our magnificent Jesus. And he's not, he's not, uh, though he humbled himself as a servant, he is not, uh, he's not a servant. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Yet he is a servant. He took the form of a servant. Uh, we see God with, with the face of the eagle, the face of the lion, the face of the ox, you know, all the different faces of God. God also shows us what he's like in that he comes to serve like an ox serves. He came to be the servant. Hallelujah. But our wonderful Jesus, he is Lord and God. And the disciples, as I shared on Sunday, they made a bit of a mess of that. On the Mount Transfiguration, when I was in Israel recently, I got to see where the mountain where Jesus was transfigured. So amazing. But when Peter saw uh, Jesus being transfigured on the mountain where he was became brighter than the sun. Let, let's read it. Matthew chapter 17. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, 
And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. When they'd lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. The disciples, and I, I've heard it shared, uh, that Peter, when he, when he was saying, let's make tabernacles for you and Moses and Elijah, he was unwittingly putting Jesus in the same category as Moses and Elijah. And God had to correct him and say, uh, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Moses represents the law. And Elijah represented judgment. But Jesus, he represents mercy. He represents the new covenant. He is, he is not one of the prophets. Hallelujah. He is the son. He is God himself. He is the word. And God had to make that clear. And then they were like, oh, greatly afraid. And Jesus said, hey, don't be afraid. He came to take away our fear. Hallelujah. He came to take away our sin, our shame. He came so that we could come close. This is, he's the great lover. He's the one that said, I'll go and I will give my life for them because they are worth it. So that we could be joined into the family of God. Isn't that good news? Hear him. And they saw Jesus only. So, so good. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, Christ is our focus, our center point. He's, he's our compass. You know, if we keep Jesus at the center of everything, then we stay safe. I've seen good things in the church, but when people get their eyes on things God is doing above Jesus, that's when things go wrong. But if you've got Jesus, you've got everything. You know, the, the, the chorus, Jesus be our center. Well, as we keep him as the one I've determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified, it's Christ at the center of everything we do, the center of our preaching, the center of our thoughts, the center of our world, because it's Christ, because of Christ, the hope of glory. Now, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the access to the Father. He is God himself, and we, we need to keep him as the center of our, our thinking He's the mediator of the new covenant. We could go on and on and talk about Jesus, our wonderful Savior. We worship him. We lift him up. We give him glory because he's the one that suffered and died and rose again. Now, seated at the right hand of the Father, and we're seated with him. We are co-heirs with him. He is so kind. He said, every promise that I have now that relates to me is yours. You and me together. How amazing. God has, has given his life so that he could bring us right up to be part of the in crowd. If you've ever felt like you're on the outside, you don't have to be on the outside looking in anymore. You know, at school, they'd have the cliques, they'd have the popular people, the intelligent people, and, and the others. But you don't have to be in one of the groups. 
because Jesus says you are in the in crowd. In fact, when they were arguing about who gets to sit at the right hand or the left, you know, I think Jesus must have had a smile on the inside because, you know, it tells us in Ephesians that we are now seated in heavenly places with him and he's seated at the right hand. So guess where I'm seated? If I'm in him, it's no longer me who lives and I'm seated with Christ. Christ is in the most favored place in heaven. That's where we are because of him. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. So that brings us to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, as he's often referred to throughout Scripture. John 16, verse 5, he says this, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I said these things to you, your sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart... I will send him to you. This was Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came and rested in the form of a dove when he was baptized. Jesus was saying, hey, it's going to be to your advantage that I go. And they're like, you're kidding, right? No, it's going to be better for you because the Holy Spirit will come. The helper will come. Now, the helper, the Holy Spirit, God himself, is not the essence of God. He's not the smell of God. He's not, you know, an echo of God. He is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he is with us right now, with you, right here, right now. And he's not some distant echo of who God is. He is the power of God. He is God and God is with you right now. Hallelujah. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is an astonishing thought. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. God himself lives on the inside of me. You see, and if we actually begin to understand the fellowship, what it is to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, to know who the Holy Spirit is, we will wake up to the greatness of the power toward us who believe. You see, the heart of the Father is that we wouldn't be sitting here going, oh, I just wish we could get home to be with God. The heart of the Father is for you to recognize that God is with you here right now and that he wants you to be as he is in the earth. You are ambassadors of Christ, not pining for, for home, but actually recognizing God is with me right now. It's not a promissory note. It is who he is. He is with me. Hallelujah. As I walk this earth and when I die, I will be with him forever, eternally living. Hallelujah. But Christ in us, the Spirit of God in us, he is, uh, he is one, a, a real person. Now, I used to get very confused about the concept of the Holy Spirit. You know, I heard people talk to the Father and talk to the Son. I didn't know if you're allowed to talk to the Holy Spirit because I, I thought, you know, 
um, because the Holy Spirit, you know, he reminds us of Jesus. And that's true. He's always pointing us to the Father and pointing us to, to, uh, to Jesus. The Spirit of God showing us and calling, uh, helping us cry out, Abba. He's like, he keeps reminding us, your Father is so good. He loves you so much. He reminds us of the words of Jesus. He speaks of Jesus. But you know what the Father and the Son do? They talk about the Holy Spirit all the time. Because they are one. It's not, a, it's not a hierarchy. It is God himself. Hallelujah. But I used to think, I don't know if it's technically okay to talk to Holy Spirit. So, and then I felt it, it was all a bit strange. So I talked to the Father in the name of Jesus and thank him for the Holy Spirit. That's how I thought that was meant to be. And I, you know, because I just want to get this right. And I definitely didn't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. In fact, I thought I'd grieve the Holy Spirit when I was about 17. I went to my youth pastor, absolutely distraught. I've committed the unpardonable sin. He says, what was it? I don't know, but I know I've committed it. I was convinced. He said, because you care that you committed it, you haven't committed it. Like, oh, really? You sure? Yes. Okay. That's good. To grieve the Holy Spirit is another subject, but I believe it is actually to completely and outrightly reject God. And, you know, if you're worried that you've committed the, the unpardonable sin, then you haven't. Hallelujah. Because you wouldn't be worried about it if you did. But the truth is, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He is our teacher. He's our advocate. He's our guide. He's our comforter. And he's the one we can have genuine fellowship with. I remember I went to an Anglican girls' school and we'd say the grace at every assembly. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. Amen. And we'd say it and we'd just run it off like that. Anybody else say the grace? It's, it's a scripture. And later on in life, when I was listening to the audio Bible one day in the car, just as a, as a young woman, I heard that scripture read out. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. And it suddenly hit me, that word, fellowship. The fellowship, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which gives us access and which has made us included in the family. Hallelujah. The love of God. Your father who loves you, who th you are the apple of his eye. You are daddy's son, daddy's girl. You, he loves you. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It began to stick out to me. I went, God, I want to understand this fellowship business. Fellowship is actual like having fun, hanging out. It's having real relationship that's not technical or formal but actual real doing life together and that concept became so exciting to me god i want to understand what it is to have fellowship with the holy spirit i want to have fellowship with you i want to i want to know how to interact with you in a way that's not going to to be irreverent or wrong but i want to have fellowship and I figured if he's my teacher and someone that I'm going to hang out with and have talks with and, and enjoy life, I mean, I'm needy. I'll just confess it. I'm a detention seeker. I need it. And I tell you what, he's got all 
the attention I need. Hallelujah. He's there all the time for me. He can listen to my every thought. He's ready to hear my every emotion, everything that goes on. I'm a verbal processor. So he's able, he's, he's not only happy to listen, he enjoys my company, which is astonishing. Hallelujah. Deep down, actually, you're needy too. You might just not know it. You are needy for fellowship with the Holy Spirit because there is a part of you now as you've become born again, a deep desire for genuine fellowship with the Holy Spirit, God himself to be joined to him. Hallelujah. And in him, we live and move and have our being. And so I began to, I remember reading Benny Hinn's book about good morning, Holy Spirit. And I thought, are you actually allowed to say good morning to the Holy Spirit? Talk to not pray to the Holy Spirit. I don't know if that's correct, but I began to sort of process it myself. I thought, if he's a teacher and he's a comforter and he's a counselor, I've got to be able to talk to him. Because how can you learn anything if you can't actually ask your teacher questions? So uh, with trepidation, one day I thought, I'll try this out. And I began to ask the Holy Spirit. First day I ever talked to the Holy Spirit. You, many of you know my, my testimony. I won't go into it in, in great depth. But I was in the car driving to a meeting and I said to Holy Spirit, um, I almost apologized for talking to him initially. Um, Holy Spirit, I believe I'm allowed to talk to you because you're my teacher. So got a few questions for you. And I said, um, can you teach me about the falling down thing? Because I really wasn't quite sure if people fell down or whether they did courtesy drops or, you know, I, was, I just didn't know or whether they pushed you. I just wasn't quite sure. I went, no, come on, I'd like to really genuinely know about that. And I said, um... And, and can you please heal me of this ganglion thing I had in my wrist? And, um, and can you take away the fear that I have that my husband might die? I was 23. I'd been married three years. And I'd found somebody to love me. He signed a piece of paper saying he'd love me till he died. So the next thought was, what if he does? You know, ah, ah, and I was tormented by fear. Because I didn't understand that God wanted to be the one that filled my need for love. Hallelujah. So I had this nagging thought. Oh, what if he dies? You know, who's going to love me then? You know, ah, oh, God. And so I just secretly said to him, can you set me free from that? Tom was home looking after our first baby. And I went to this night meeting. And guy called us out at the end. He said, anyone who's fasted and prayed for healing, come on out. And... Um, I didn't really feel like I qualified because I'd, um, I'd been eating cakes all day. But I did skip dinner and, um, and read a scripture. And it happened to be the scripture he preached on. So I thought maybe that's okay. So I slipped out on the end. And uh, he finally got to me and he just said, oppression, go. And pff, I was on the floor. Nobody touched me. I was just pff, on the floor. No, actually, first I was on the floor before he even got to me. Then they said, they picked me up and then he said, oppression, go, and I was on the floor again. And I knew this must be Holy Spirit teaching me about the falling down thing. And while I was on the floor, he set me free from everything. I was shaking and trembling and 
I saw the face of Jesus right here, and he said, Catherine, I'm setting you free from everything. And I was different from that day forward. But I began to understand, I think Holy Spirit is a good one to talk to. And so I'd, I'd be at the piano playing, and I'd, I'd just become aware of the fact that Holy Spirit was with me. And in fact, it's like he's in me, but he's upon me, and he's with me. And he'd be sitting there right there on the piano stool with me. And as I began to be aware of Christ with me, the Spirit of Christ, Spirit of God, Holy Spirit with me, as I began to acknowledge him, the Bible says, a trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. I began to acknowledge the presence of the person of the Holy Spirit with me. And I tell you, things began to get glorious. I began to prophesy like I'd never prophesied before. I began to move in healings and miracles. The hunger of God began to get stirred up in my heart. I'd go to, I remember going to a movie once with a friend and I was aware, I was trying to, to consciously remind myself all the time, Holy Spirit's here with me. And I couldn't stay. I had to get up and leave the movie because it's like, no, Holy Spirit doesn't like this. I have to go. And my life began to change as I began to realize I'm connected to him and he to me. And I don't have to ever do anything on my own. I remember once um, trying to pray for somebody uh, over in the U.S. And I'd done meeting after meeting. And we'd seen quite a lot of people healed. But uh, this night I was praying for somebody and I just couldn't feel any anointing being released. You know, I could feel the, the Spirit of God on me. But, you know, this person, there was nothing happening for that person. I was nearly falling down, but nothing was happening to them. And I was like, oh, Help! Because often when I pray for somebody, I'll feel the virtue of God go out of me and I'll just know, that's good. I felt the power of God go out and they got healed. But this just wasn't happening. And I'm, I'm trying. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I, I finally said, oh, what's going on? Help. I'm supposed to help. And he said, just lean back into me. Just rest into me. Ah. Oh. And as I did that, the very next person I prayed for got healed before I could get even close to them. They were on the floor and the Holy Spirit had healed them. And as I grew with him, I began to understand life with the Holy Spirit is not about me using him. It's about me actually completely leaning in him and being one with him and moving where he moves. Hallelujah. Walking with him, doing nothing in my own strength, but recognizing that he's here to help me. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit is, is longing to teach us about what it is to have relationship with him, to have fellowship with him, to, to be aware of his presence as you lie down, as you get up, to begin to be aware that he's with you. Because it's an opportunity for us to activate faith by consciously thinking about the fact that the person of the Holy Spirit is here with me allows us to suddenly become aware of the truth of our existence. Because of what Christ has done, we are no longer individuals. If you're, a, if you're thinking, I'm an individual, um, and you're born again, actually it's not the will of God for you. 
the will of God for you is that you be joined in to the family of God, that you be one with him. Jesus' prayer was that they would be one. And by acknowledging and understanding the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, we get to understand that in everything I do, I no longer do it as Catherine, but I get to do it as Christ in me, the Spirit of God himself living in me. I am connected to him and together. We do the works of the Father. Hallelujah. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit's here right now, and he wants to touch and heal and do some wonderful things in people's lives. But it requires us to begin to recognize that he is here, that he is the power of God. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's who he is. Hallelujah. And it's your inheritance you know, we're going to, over time, we're going to talk about the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, the, the gifts of the Spirit, what it is to, to really uh, move and partner with the Holy Spirit. But tonight, we're going to begin to pray for some people. I'm going to ask Pastor Chris to come, and we're going to pray for a few people uh, right now. But before I do that, I just want to ask, if you're here and you know in your heart you don't have relationship with God, Relationship with God is something you have by responding to the sacrifice of Jesus. He came to give his life for the sins of the world. But unless we actually say, Lord, I believe that you are Savior, and I choose to exchange my life and receive your forgiveness in exchange, to receive your life in exchange, then we remain separated from God. But if we respond to him and say, thank you, Father, I believe you came. You sent your son, Jesus, to pay the price for my sin. I choose to exchange my life to receive yours. I, ex I choose to exchange my sin to receive your mercy and your grace. I choose to become a new creation by your power. As we respond to God, that is how we come into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God, the Messiah, the Savior, then you will be saved. Hallelujah. It requires us to make a free will choice because without that, it's not true love. God is love. Hallelujah. And so he came that we might come into fellowship with him, that we'd be connected. That's the purpose of God. He created mankind so that he could have fellowship with them. So when sin came, we were separated from God. So he came to pay the price for our sin so that we wouldn't have to be separated anymore. If you're here tonight and you know in your heart you need to respond to the mercy of God, you need to say, yes, Lord, I want to get my life right with you. I want to surrender my life and give it to you and receive your mercy, receive your life in exchange. I want to be connected to you. I want to come into family with you. Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you before we go any further. Is there anyone here tonight that says, yes, that's me? I want to respond to the mercy of God. Just wave your hand at me if that's you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.